Welcome to Coaching Kids Curling, a podcast for youth curling coaches and program organizers. I'm Glenn Gabriel, a certified curling coach who lives in Pickering, Ontario, Canada. My mission is to give you the advice, resources, and inspiration you need to make your program better. This summer, curlers in the Greater Toronto Area were shocked to learn that the Bayview Golf and Country Club was planning to end its curling program. In today's episode, we speak to Julie Hastings, who will discuss how this happened and what this means for the young curlers who made Bayview their home. For many years, Julie Hastings made Bayview Golf and Country Club her curling home. Located in Thornhill, Ontario, just north of Toronto, the club decided in the summer of 2021 to end its curling program after six decades. Julie joined me recently to explain what happened at Bayview and what the future holds for their curling membership. Julie, welcome to the podcast. Hi, Glenn. Thanks for having me. Well, Julie, uh, earlier this summer, uh, we heard the sad news that Bayview Golf and Country Club was going to end its curling program. Now, you've been associated with the club for many years, and I, I wanted to get you on the podcast to, to tell us what happened. So, I mean, I'm going to go right to it. Could you sure. let us know what happened and, and, yeah, what led to the decision to end the curling program at Bayview? Um, so there was probably a couple of things that contributed to this decision coming right now. Um, COVID happened and obviously the club shut down and that included the curling operations for uh, however long that was. And during that time, the club decided that if the curling ice wasn't going to be installed, that they would put in some golf nets in the curling rink. So that's what it was basically being used at during COVID. And uh, when the province opened back up, the nets had stayed. Um, subsequent to that, I guess it was uh, late June that our shareholders and um, seasonal members were informed that there would be a vote of the shareholders to decide the future of the curling space. And this is all part and parcel of the um, the planning committee and you know the future of Bayview and what direction do they want to take it. And the first part of that question was, what are we going to do with the curling rink? Should it stay as curling? Should it stay as the golf nets uh, now that they've been installed? Um, they could have been removed. They weren't permanent. Um, so yeah, the, the vote went to the shareholders in July and they were given a week to vote. And at the end of that, it was, uh, these are rough numbers, a 65-35 split in favor of um, canceling curling, unfortunately. And that's where we stand today. Um, a very sad, sad few months uh, since the results have come in. And we're now just looking at closing down the curling operations at the club. Wow. So that's the, that's the quick version of it. Okay. <laughs> and the results, yeah. Uh, it's hard to say, would this have happened if COVID didn't happen? It, it's hard to say. Um, but the fact that they found an alternate use for that space during that time, I think, was uh, part of the catalyst for um, the vote on that space. Wow. Uh, yeah, I'm, uh, I mean, this has been a trend. Uh, there, there's been a lot of other clubs in the last 15 to 20 years 
in in the greater Toronto area in similar uh, positions, not I guess similar kinds of clubs, St. George's, uh, Weston. They they've they've closed their curling operations as well, and yeah, it's just sad to see more curling ice being lost. But yeah, uh, gosh, I, I have so many thoughts and questions. Uh, it, it seems to have come out of the blue. <laughs> to be honest with you, I I thought yeah. to me it seemed like curling at Bayview was very strong. Uh, uh, you have a great curling program there. You have a history of curling. The club's been around since. 1960. And yeah, it, to me, it seemed to come out of the blue a little bit. Am I getting that right or wrong? What, what, what do you think? I think that's correct. Um, when the membership was only notified June 30th, there would be a vote June, July 19th um, on the future of curling. That was very last minute. There was no, unfortunately, there was no lead into that. Um they provided some information when the when the vote went out to the shareholders. Obviously, um, they gave their reasons as to why the vote is happening now. But yes, very very short notice. Um, up until that point, we were definitely still planning a curling season here in uh, in October of this year. So, yeah, very very short notice. Um, what what else can I say? It was it was shocking. It, it's very sad. There was there was a lot of emotions involved. Um, there are several golf members at Bayview who are curlers who now have to find a new curling home. So um, seasonal curlers now at Bayview are looking to find new clubs and where to go. But as you said earlier, a lot of clubs have closed down already. So there is becoming fewer. There are fewer and fewer spaces out there at the curling club facilities to accommodate, you know, 300 plus members moving from a club. So it's, uh, it's getting tougher and tougher, I think, to find new homes for all these people, especially <laughs> when a club shuts down. Have you talked to people who voted? Like, why would they say no to curling? Um, I, I think most of the people that I've spoken with at Bayview voted in favor of curling. So, um, and those would be the golf members who curl. Of course, they're going to vote positively for curling. There was about 30% of the membership that voted in favor of keeping curling. And those members weren't curlers. So we definitely got some information out to those members. Um, it was really our golf members who were very active in reaching out to the fellow members at Bayview to let them know what the curling program is all about, the positive sides of the program. And um, so, yeah, 30% of the people who voted in favor of curling weren't members at all of the curling section. Um, they were golfers in support of curling. So, but unfortunately, I, I haven't spoken to anyone. I don't know anyone who didn't vote for curling. I'm not, I'm not really in contact with that part of the membership so to speak. So um, unfortunately, I can't give any insight into their reasonings for, for going forward um, with the cancellation of curling. Um, the only thing I can say is that there was a golf practice range in the, in the curling rink, and that can be very appealing to a golf member, I would think, for especially the winter months if they're not traveling south and they want a practice facility, having it right at Bayview, I think would be an appealing thing for them. But Julie, 
maybe I'm a bit naive when it comes to working in a, a, I guess, a private club environment. Are you saying that most of the people that voted for this, I, I don't know how it works in terms of being a member. Are you saying the curling members didn't have votes on this? Or who actually votes? Correct. So in a country club setting, it's the shareholders who vote. And those are the uh, golf members. So as curlers, we hold seasonal memberships. And as such, we don't have um, voting rights. So it was um, the golf members who voted, who had the uh, ability to vote on the future of that space. I, it sounds like a final decision, but uh, let me ask you, is this a final decision or is there any way this can be changed at all? This is a final decision. Curling is gone at Bayview. Um, we are closing down operations. We're doing inventory. We will figure out where the rocks are going to go, what to do with the trophies, the plaques, the banners, the everything related to curling. Um, we'll find a new home, hopefully. Wow. So same as Weston, same as St. George's, same as Scarborough. It's it's kind of a done deal. Um, there's going to be a future use for that base that will not be curling related, basically. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty sad. I, I got to add a disclaimer at this point because I feel a little, I feel a personal connection because I was a member there in around 2008. So right. for the listeners who are, yeah, uh, I, yeah, I loved curling there and it just sad. I was, I was even helping the coach the youth there for, uh, for that year. So yeah, it, it just saddens me. I spent a lot of practice time in the winter <laughs> of that season, just uh, sparing and practicing on that ice. So yeah, it saddens yeah, me know, too. There's a lot of great people in the curling section at Bayview and um, a Bayview curling alumni page has already been started uh, to keep people connected, to share memories. The Bayview, the spirit of Bayview curling, I think will live on. And that's a testament to the strength of our membership, to our volunteers, to the people who gave time um, and energy into making a really wonderful, fantastic program from men's, women's, mixed, youth curling. It didn't really matter. Uh, we had open, we had 20s and 30s. Um, th those groups, I think, uh, are, going to, are going to be well represented as we move forward. Um, they'll find new homes, but there'll be a little piece of them where they'll remember their time at Bayview curling and um, it'll be a special piece um, in their memories. I hope. This is also a time I, I have this, I had this down later, but I might as well ask you now, what was it about Bayview? Do you, do you remember your first time going to Bayview and what you thought about it when you got uh, there? <laughs> Actually, that's a funny story. Um, I started curling there when I was nine and that was obviously with the little rocks, which, um, I guess it was a little after they were invented. They, uh, David invented them in 1981, 1981, 1982. This is um, Dave Paget, by the way. David Paget, yes. Right. Um, so I started curling there when I was nine for one year. And I'll be honest, Glenn, I hated curling. Oh, my gosh. I hate <laughs> it. <laughs> it wasn't for me. And the best part about it, though, was after curling, going and sitting and having French fries in the restaurant with all the people we had just curled with. <laughs> so all the kids would just sit at a table. I don't know what the parents were doing. I have no memory of where they were this time. Um, but just sitting around with a bunch of kids and having fun afterwards. And 
you know, we moved on from Bayview. We went to a junior program somewhere else, but we still played with the the Little Rocks and came to love the game. And then I returned to Bayview after my university years when my dad was working there. And I have so many wonderful memories of being there. And I don't know if you know this, but I was actually proposed to by my husband on sheet one. Oh, wow. In the no, curling I didn't ring know this. during a Friday night mixed game. We were playing a team uh, skipped by the Doug Cummings. It was the Cummings and the Hastings rivalry. Uh, my husband, <laughs> I can't remember if he was skipping at that time. Maybe it was me. No, I was skipping. We weren't married yet. He was just proposing. And uh, we, everybody on the sheet knew, everybody I think in the whole club knew, except me. <laughs> um, they had the camera ready and everything. And my husband, he was so terrible. He was so nervous, I guess. And he was just so bad the whole night. And we were playing for like club champion, you know, status. Oh, at wow. And he missed a hit by five feet, I bet. And uh, I think that's when he decided, okay, I've got to get this over with because I can't think of anything else. So he got down, proposed, and, you know, 20 years later, we, we've got that wonderful story to tell from Bayview. So, yeah. <laughs> wow. I, 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 well, you said yes. There you go. <laughs> I did. I don't even – he actually – I remember him getting up. He's like, you haven't answered me yet. I'm like, all oh, right, <laughs> yes. But we were in the middle of a curling game, and I still had to go throw two rocks. At oh no! Time, we were we were losing so badly to our big rival team, but you know some of our best friends also. So yeah, we uh, we said yes. We got off the ice and we went and celebrated. So well, that's just that's just one example of the amazing times that we we had there. And probably another one of my favorite things was just watching my kids curl there for the first time, throw their first rocks, and you know start to see their curling careers take off and also the fun side of curling you know our kids played so much there with their friends you know they would come on Friday nights during mixed curling and just hang out while the parents curled and it's it was it was their second home it really was their second home so it's it's that's a tough loss for them right now how 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 old were they when they started curling um probably seven Seven years old, both of them. Yeah, maybe even younger. Probably got my son out there when he he was six. Maybe my daughter when she was six. Push the envelope a little bit. Usually we don't start them that young. But I I, I generally allow parents who are curlers to start their kids younger because I know that they'll keep them in the game. You know, you probably have that same philosophy with uh, your youth curlers. Right. Um, if you start them too young, it can be too young. But if they've got curling parents, I think it's it's a little bit easier to start them when they're younger. Agreed. Yeah. Um, well, speaking of kids, uh, of course, the podcast is called Coaching Kids Curling. And yeah. one of the first thoughts that came to mind uh, with, unfortunately, with the sad news was what's going to happen with the kids? So I know that over the years, Bayview's had a pretty strong youth curling program, thanks to you and, and other coaches and, and staff and, and whatnot. So um, could you tell us a little bit about what the program was like right before COVID? How many kids were in it? Uh, I guess it was a Sunday program like most. Yeah, so Sunday Little Rocks was 11 to 12.30, so an hour and a half. Doing, you know, you do your uh, half an hour of instruction, maybe even 45 minutes, and then you end up with a couple of ends of curling. Um, lots of volunteers, uh, adults, um, and our juniors as well helped out with the Little Rockers. 
they got some high school volunteer hours in as you know assistant coaches for the for the adults who were running the program. Um, and then our junior program was right after 1230 to 230. Um, I really I was in charge of that. And what I was doing with the kids, I would have fun games with them each week. You know, it was kind of unpredictable. We would do uh, four on four games, depending on how many kids were there. Sometimes we would do triples. Sometimes we would do doubles. Um, and then I would just put the teams together kind of randomly. And then I would have a shot of the day. So if if the takeout was the shot of the day and you made a takeout, you got a chocolate bar. So just making it as fun as I could for the kids. Uh, we did keep track of scores in that league. So there was a running total and we had uh, some all-stars uh, at the end of every year. And um, yeah, a lot of fun, a lot of volunteers in that league as well. We gave the, we gave the juniors a little bit more autonomy. We would do their 15 to 20 minutes of skills and then give them a little bit more freedom out on the ice to have some fun um, and maybe do a bit of coaching on strategy if we thought uh, they could use that, which normally kids that age need a little bit of strategy coaching. Oh, sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, Adults but they need also that. <laughs> need some fun time. They also need time away from their coaches just to have fun on the ice. So we would just supervise from inside in the warm, in the warm lounge. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I th yeah, we need more of that. <laughs> yeah. It'll be fun. And hopefully, hopefully things get started again this year and we get uh, that fun back. Well, uh, to the, the kids who uh, were in the program, I know that you were helping assist their parents uh, find new homes for them. And, uh, you know, there's other clubs within, you know, the Toronto area. Uh, I guess you're right. I mean, I guess... Well, gosh, I mean, we're still in this COVID thing. Let's be honest. Uh, right. Who knows how many kids are, or adults for that matter are going to be like, signing up for clubs, but we're hoping for the best. And uh, yeah, I, I mean, speaking of, of the kids as well, uh, uh, in the phone discussion we had before, you were mentioning about the Future Champs bond spiel. Yes. Could, you, could you talk about that bond spiel, the history of it, and where you might see it going in the future? Yeah, so the Future Champs was started along around the same time that the Little Rocks were invented. And we had some fabulous uh, volunteers working with the youth program at that time and, you know, also donating uh, some money to the bond spiel to make it run. Um, the Hardman, Sophie and Al Hardman, were two of our longtime members. Um, Al has since passed on. Sophie, um, I still connect with her every week. And they were so integral in getting that bond spiel started with Dave Paget and um, Alfie Phillips also. I don't know if you know who Alfie Phillips is. He was a long, he's a longtime curling member of Bayview and uh, a world champion. And he was in charge of, um, I'm going to get it wrong, Conklin, uh, kind of the midway. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. So they ended up uh, with a great partnership and starting the Future Champs. And so it, it's been running for years. I, it might even be the longest running Little Rock Bonspiel. I, I don't know exactly, though, if that's the case. Um, but, yeah, we're going to continue the tradition. Dave Paget wants us to take the trophy somewhere and continue that tradition uh, just because we don't have the ice at Baby doesn't mean the future champs can't live on. And there's certainly a need for it. And the kids came from all over. The, the farthest I think they ever came was Iroquois Falls up north. Uh, oh, it gosh. It used to be wow. a two- or three-day bond spiel. Yes. They used to, they used to stay overnight, 
two to three days. They would play the Friday night, all day Saturday and Sunday. And it was just, it was a blast. It was a ton of fun for the kids. And it was really just all about the camaraderie, teaching them about um, the fun side of curling. And it's, it, it would be a shame to lose it. So we're going to do our best to keep it alive and find a new home. Not sure where it will be, uh, but we will do our best. I'm sure there's a club out there who will, who will be happy to host it somewhere. Right. I, I knew when I started even taking, when I took over the Little Rocks program at East York, I, I knew the, what the future champs was. It had that much uh, uh, name recognition and, and prestige to it. It was like the, the yeah, the multiple day Little Rocks bond spiel, yes. which you rarely see nowadays. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, and it, it actually changed over the years. We were only running it as a one day at the end. Um, so currently it's just a one day. And we combined it with the juniors as well. So it was a Little Rock and Junior Bond spill in the last couple of years. I really hope that uh, you find a new home for it. And uh, it's just a legacy. I, I know a lot of famous, I'm fairly certain a lot of famous curlers that are famous now participated in it. I would be hard not for the, for them not to be a part of it. Uh, it was such a, uh, again, a prestigious event. So uh, I'm hoping for the best. So Julie, uh, I mean, I can't uh, leave without saying a, or not saying, I, I can't leave without talking about some of the uh, the accomplishments of some of the teams uh, that go through Bayview or to represent Bayview over the years, of course. Uh, of course, we have the Allison Goring team, uh, Canadian champions in 1990. And uh, of course, your team, who won on the Ontario Scotties in 2015 and represented Ontario uh, at the Nationals. So, uh I, I, I just remember looking up at the walls and seeing all the faces and the, the names, and it seemed to cover the entire, uh, at least three of the walls. One was windows, so I guess you can't cover that <laughs> one. But uh, between the TCAs, Canadian Championships, uh, yeah, it, it has, it, Bayview left a legacy that uh, it's hard to match. There are a few clubs that could match it. Yeah, it was, it's an amazing wall of fame. Um that we have there. And as you said, it's, it's women's teams. Um, we had a grandmasters team. We had mixed teams. We had junior teams, junior mixed, bantam mixed. Um, we had a on- couple of Ontario tankard uh, banners, which is the eight team competition. Um, uh, I think our oldest banner was uh, the Northern life. And I, I forget what year that was from. And that was a ladies team uh, that won a, a banner from our club. So a long history um, that went well back from the beginnings of the days of curling at Bayview all the way to the present. Um, yeah, it, w- it was an exciting club to be a part of. Uh, there was usually somebody, some team going to a competition uh, that we could support and cheer on. And it was a, a great legacy. And, um, you know, I was inspired as a junior curler, seeing, you know, Alison Goring as a, as a female skip and seeing her up on that board, you know, another female skip, one of the greatest, in my opinion, it was, it was a great inspiration. So it was, uh, she's on one side of the rink. I'm on the other <laughs> Her team and my team, we face each other. So it's kind of cool. Oh, very good. 
before I let you go, Julie, um, and th- thank you for joining me. I know it's not, it's a sad moment, but I, I also wanted it to be an opportunity for you to share these stories. Uh, and 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 I, I, at least from what you're telling me, there's going to be a page that where, where other people can share those same kinds of stories. I, I mean, I can just, we, we are trying to help our members. We're trying to, especially our junior members in our little rockers, you know, there's, there's a lot of families that come to curling where it's the child who gets the family to come. They're the ones that want to curl and the parents don't know anything about it. So they walk into Bayview. This is the program they know. And now our program doesn't exist anymore. So our job right now is to go to the parents and say, Hey, Bayview wasn't the only game in town. There are other clubs. Here are your options. Please continue on. If your if your child wants to keep curling, these there's many options out there for you. So that's what we're trying to do right now is to make sure that if every kid who wants to keep curling finds a place to curl. So hopefully that hopefully we're successful with that. Well, uh, whatever help I can provide through the podcast and 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 my contacts, you know, whether it's uh, providing a link to our show notes or through our show notes or, or, or just other ways I can help. Uh, yeah. I want to make sure I think, I mean, obviously <laughs> my podcast is about coaching kids. So right. I want to make sure that they have a home. I don't care where it is. You know, right. exactly. it doesn't have to be at my club. It could be anywhere. I just want them to continue with the sport and yeah, yeah not, not be, uh, you know, not stop be stopped because of this so yeah exactly yeah um yeah but i also wanted to ask you julie before i let you go um you know unfortunately this is a trend we've been seeing at least in the toronto area uh, this, this whole sort of idea of golf clubs slash curling clubs getting rid of their curling side mm-hmm. could you uh, what would you say to those clubs to those voting members of those clubs that that still have curling in their buildings. Uh, if they, you know, the, it just seems like more and more clubs are going this route. What, what is there something you tell them? Like what, what's, what does, what does curling bring to a club? Like what, why should they keep their curling program? Yeah, it's a great question, Glenn. And you know, what I would tell anyone who's facing a vote similar to what we are in you know, to your point, this being a Toronto issue, there there are clubs in Northern Ontario who are also going through this. Um, so this isn't an isolated uh, phenomenon in Toronto. It, it's it's a conversation that that does happen, unfortunately, um, in other areas. I you know I would really just say if you're if you're voting on this issue, take your time. Um, we we kind of went. It was a really quick process at Bayview and. I wish we just had more time to present our case to the membership and say, these are the benefits of curling. This is why we think you should vote in favor of curling. We offer a wintertime activity at your club. Um, We're a vibrant community. We bring, you know, almost nine, we can bring 96 people into the club on a given night with two full draws at Bayview that is just going to live in the club, bring energy to the club in the wintertime. Um, I think, you know, on the business side, it allows a club to staff, bring staff in uh, that's not just seasonal, that's full year, all year round. Um, and, you know, we, we can bring value. We, we can form partnerships. Uh, we can do learn to curls for golfing members. We can do um, combine 
you know, have a tennis night, a golf night, a fitness night where, you know, everybody from the club gets to participate in all the different facets of the club, you know, that there's different ways to integrate all the different sections rather than kind of being siloed, you know, and and maybe that's one of the issues that clubs really need to work on is bringing all the sections together and realizing the value that each section brings. Um, Instead of being siloed and separate, you know, the golfers, they come, they golf in the summer, then they leave. Curlers, they come, they curl, they're in the wintertime, and then they leave. You know, we can kind of coexist. And um, that would be my message to the golfers. Just take your time, talk to curlers, find out why they're passionate about the sport, and, um, you know, just listen to them and find out why you should keep it. That would be my that would be my suggestion. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I appreciate that, Julie. And and I know that you're right. Like this is an issue that's on other other clubs' plates. So yeah. Yeah. Uh no, thank you for that. Uh I, I, I appreciate it. Um well, Julie, thanks so much for joining me. Um uh yeah, I, I wish you the best. And uh I, I you know what? I know this is not really a goodbye because I know I'm going to be speaking to you of course. in the future. Uh, I, I, I've over the years, I've, I've appreciated your work with youth and youth curling. Uh, so yeah, I don't consider this a goodbye. It's more of, you know, uh, I'll, I'll talk to you soon. For sure. And, you know, Glenn, just from my side, you do so much for uh, little rock curling and youth curling. And, you know, we, we've taken some um, of your podcasts and, you know, we were ready to integrate some of your uh, suggestions into our Little Rock program this year because I've seen your program at work at East York and it's a fabulous program and, you know, you, you do fantastic work. So I appreciate the opportunity to come on and speak with you about uh, youth curling. So that was my conversation with Julie. If you're a supporter of this podcast, I encourage you to follow our Twitter account, which is the at symbol followed by Kids Curling. One more time, the at symbol followed by Kids Curling. I'll also have that Twitter handle listed in today's show notes. This has been the Coaching Kids Curling Podcast. To reach me, Coach Glenn, please email coachingkidscurling at gmail.com. To follow the podcast for free, visit our website, coachingkidscurling.com. You can also find show notes and links to the resources mentioned in this episode and in previous episodes. The intro and outro music is Golden Sunrise by Josh Woodward. Thanks for listening. Good luck and good curling.